I am Game Dave, and it's time to get digitally distracted with our very first, the inaugural episode of the Digitally Distracted Show, where we're going to talk about video games, technology, movies, music, really anything that gets you or us digitally distracted. And when I say us, I don't just mean me. I, of course, am Game Dave, but I'm going to be joined by my my second banana. <laughs> second banana, you know, that's an actual term. But I guess it just means co-host. I should probably just say, I should probably just say co-host. It's a little weird. This is my good friend, Gerald. Welcome, Gerald. Hello. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about virtual reality gaming, which is really starting to grow and be a thing out there in the world. I'm excited. Yep. So it's going to be it's going to be me and Gerald, Game Dave and Gerald, Dave and Gerald, D and G, whatever you prefer. Uh, and you'll get to know Gerald as we go through the show, digitally distracted. So. Virtual reality. I got a couple topics I want to talk about. All right, so we're just going to go through. We just finished a little session. Gerald had one of his friends over, and he it was his first time playing VR, right? Yes. Never experienced it, and he seemed to be blown away. Did he say anything before he came over? I was talking it up. I would talked it up quite a bit before. So you hiked it. I did. Um, and at the same time, um, I put a lot of qualifications in it as well. I said, even though I'm telling you what it's like, until you actually experience it, it's these words are going to sound hollow. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, Batman seems to be the game that Arkham VR, that seems to be the one that pushes you oh, to get people to want to look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. I just I just tell people, play this game mm -hmm. and it will just give you a taste of, of what it's capable of. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot that could happen with VR. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, it's not 100% yet, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So first off, I want to know, what do you think was your earliest experience with something that was like VR, or they pushed it like VR? I think it was, remember, um, down at the beach on the boardwalk, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. had that uh, really clunky, I think it was also in the arcade as well, but it's kind of like that weird space pod. Okay, yeah. Where it gave you this simulation of you're on a roller coaster or whatever, and it was up on its... Um, yeah, yeah, and it was like the full on. I don't yeah. know. There's like a special name for that because I know a lot of amusement parks have that yeah. where you're not actually moving and you're watching the screen. And it's like, right, just the chair is right. bumping around. Right. Yeah, so that sort of a simulation yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that so, was I think the first sort of experience that I had. Where I was trying to mimic like you right. were there. Right, and then, um, the first time I kind of had a concept of virtual reality was probably Lawnmower Man, the movie. Okay, right, 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 where they went in. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> the lovely Pierce Brosnan. You know, Lawnmower Man. There's actually there was a Super Nintendo game for Lawnmower Man, and it, it I had it as a kid, and it is absolute trash. <laughs> it is the terrible, terrible game. Oh, it's so bad. But yeah, so the idea of going to virtual reality. So that's right. probably when you would have been like, oh, that's a thing. Right. That's that's what, a concept. Exactly. Right. Well, that's interesting. Because we're going to be talking about those concepts a little bit hmm. later. Stay tuned. Watch till the end. <laughs> Don't miss what's going to happen. So, so my experiences. Mm -hmm. I never actually got into those mall kiosk. Actually, those mall kiosk things. I feel like there's more of those mm. now. They have those like weird, mm -hmm. like egg-shaped men in chairs. black pod yeah. chairs where mm -hmm. you get in and you do like a virtual reality experience, and it's just some guy who doesn't. He hates his life. <laughs> He's, he's, he's like the guy that works at the carnival, you know, he yeah, pulls the yeah. lever. He's somehow getting paid $5 an hour, which is illegal, and he doesn't want to be there. And he's like, yeah, just hop in, whatever, and put a headset on, shoot the things. I've not used any of those. And when I was a kid, the idea of virtual reality, I didn't call it that at the time, but the virtual boy, when that came out, right. it gave you this illusion that, okay, you're going into the game with the virtual boy. We know that was a scam, but my mom heard us talking about it, and she bought us the Virtual Boy. Way to go, Mom. I still have my original Virtual Boy, and I love the thing, and it, I think it just tricked me, because really the games weren't virtual reality. It was just you were putting your head in a 3D screen. Right. Um, with I, I assume it's stereoscopic, because it looked pretty good, mm -hmm. um, even though it was all red. Did you ever use a Virtual Boy? I did not, no. Yeah, so there were you know complaints about headaches and things like that. I never had that issue, though I wear glasses now, so maybe it did hurt mm -hmm. my eyes. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I played a lot of Mario Tennis, and then Tellero Boxer was the game on the Virtual Boy that was the most immersive experience because it was POV, first person, mm -hmm. and you were, you were boxing these robots, and they would like punch at your face, and then your screen would go out when you lost the match. So that was about as close to virtual reality I experienced when I was young. 
there was one other thing that came, I don't know if it was before or after the Virtual Boy, but it was called the R-Zone. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that? No. So the R-Zone, here's a, here's a good backstory. So do you remember the uh, the little LCD, um, the crap, like the Game Boy was huge, right? Right, right. So that was really popular. So these other like Tiger Electronic companies right. wanted to put out these little crappy yep. LCD yep. handhelds. Yep. Remember those? And there was just like black and white, yep. the little crappy graphics. So this company that made the R Zone, like, all right, let's take that technology and let's take head strap technology <laughs> and combine them. So the R Zone was an elastic strap with a little piece that came out. And it had a little flip down, like clear screen okay. that would be in front of your eye. Okay. And all that was on it, it was just, it was just LCD graphics. Mm. And it was awful. But my brother and I were like, this is so cool. We had to like play it in the closet because you know there was no backlight or anything. Right. Terrible. Terrible. So those are my two earliest virtual reality experiences. Virtual Boy a little bit better than the uh, than the R Zone. Yeah. So don't don't buy an R Zone. Did you play any of those LCD, the old LCD games? I did not. No? No, because I I knew, I being a little bit older than you, mm-hmm. uh, when they came out, I knew enough to know that they were trash. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time. And some of them were like $20, $25. Mm-hmm. And the Game Boy, I mean, you know, Grandma grandma getting scammed with the LCD oh, games. Poor Grandma. They're, they're still scamming Grandma. Um, I'm guilty. <laughs> the world is still scamming, gra- scamming grandma with yeah. the digitally distracted show. Yeah, I uh, I've seen some um, home shopping networks, not the home shopping network, mm-hmm. but uh, still pushing like really. It's it's bad where the technology has come so far where they're able to to put full games inside just the controller oh the plug and plays dude those plug and plays and they market them as oh your grandkids will come over and they won't want to leave you know Mm -hmm. and it's like and they're still like composite videos oh yeah hdmi yeah it's it's awful and then you have like the nes classic and the snes classic coming out which are actually good products Mm -hmm. so these other companies just keep pushing out 300 games in one yes and yes they are almost always terrible almost always yeah yeah but you know it's not terrible it's virtual reality. That's not. That's it's not, pretty good. So I'm a big fan. Let's talk about what you think it takes to make virtual reality great. Like, what is it in the experience or the controls or the way it looks? Well, what is it that makes it work? I know what doesn't make it work. What doesn't make virtual reality work? Better question. Right, right. <laughs> Um, it's what I struggle with right now is the motion sickness. Okay. That's, that's gotta be worked out. I want to, I want to buy so much virtual reality hardware and software and I can't because I get motion sick. Yeah. So a little while ago, uh, you know, Gerald knew I had the PSVR system. And I was talking about it. I was probably annoyingly talking about it. I was, and Gerald's like, hey, I got to come over and try it. Okay, it was just enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I was like, you got to come over and try it. So we, we put together a play date. And <laughs> Gerald came over. And you held up pretty well, though. But you do get actual motion sickness. Yeah, yeah I do. I can't read in the car. Roller coasters? Uh, roller coasters, I- okay. I'm okay, but I think that's because I can see where we're going. Mm-hmm. Spinning spinning um, rides, yeah, though, terrible. Work. When I ride in the car as a passenger, I have to be in the front seat. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Yeah, and we got through a couple games. Batman was actually fine for you mm-hmm. because it's very stationary. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of teleporting, but you're not really moving in the Z-axis or anything right. like that. Right, right. Um, but then we moved on to some other games, and that's where it started to get you. Actually, Rush of Blood, which is mm. like the... PSVR rail shooter to play until Dawn Rush of Blood got you. Let me say, I love Until Dawn. I love that game. Huge horror game fan. As you guys know, I'm not. Love it. So I really wanted to play Rush of Blood. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, man, so many Easter eggs in that game. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't handle it. It's it's a great experience. Um, You made it through the first level. Yeah. And then that second level with the, uh, you know, with the butchered, hanging, brutalized pigs. I love it. It's great. It so <laughs> I love my good. favorite thing: brutal, brutally hung, butchered pigs. It was. It's so good. It it's just done so well. But yeah, part of the problem is that is is with it was on rails and being sort of the roller coaster ride. It got me. It just got me in the head, and I said I can't play this. In fact, I had to close my eyes a few times in the headset 
because I was yeah. getting sick. We were talking about this earlier. I think doing that might have made it worse because it was like you were shutting the whole world off. Mm-hmm. And then you have to come right back into it and you're still mm-hmm. moving. Like that is what messed me up. The only game that's ever made me motion sick, if you've seen the episode, is Drunken Bar Fight, mm-hmm. which is sort of a... Uh, no offense, none taken to the developer. Right. Uh, it's not a great game, not well made, uh, which is, I think, part of the charm. I mean, Gerald was there agree. for the experience. I it's would a agree. hilarious game, super fun time, but that game gave me motion sickness. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the way it moved mm-hmm. and uh, just the controls felt very unintuitive. And I think my body just it couldn't catch up with the movements. And it was just like, nope. Nope, and I felt super sick after we shot the B-roll for that footage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already feeling it before you guys left, and then when I went to play through the single-player campaign solo, I mean, if you can call it a campaign, uh, I was I, I was just struggling. Like if if you saw the raw footage of me playing, it's it's a lot of I would walk a little bit, and I would just uh, <laughs> uh, walk a little bit, punch, punch, uh, and what I started doing was I would close my eyes, turn. Mm. And then open my eyes, and I and then it started to get worse. So right. I wonder, I wonder if that has something to do with it. But so back to good experiences, right? So I think it, it all really kind of started, at least the idea of a real immersive virtual reality. I think that started with motion control for sure. Mm. And mm-hmm. motion control ideas have been around for a long time. I mean, there's been uh, there's there was a Super Nintendo golf club. There was a Super Nintendo baseball bat that tracked motion. I mean, the early days there were motion control things. They just you know, they were crappy. Right. And then the Wii came out and it was like motion control for Man, days. That you're no, you're right, Dave. You're right. That was such a huge hit. Yeah. You know, that, that it really sparked they they really hit on something there. Yeah, and I don't think if they hadn't if motion controls hadn't become mainstream, mm-hmm. I don't think virtual reality would be where it is now because you can play PSVR or other VR controllers with the right or VR games with a regular controller. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so different mm-hmm. than having your hands be tracked, right? You know, not just your your head motion. But so I think motion controls are a must to really make a good virtual reality experience. Yeah. Obviously, good head tracking, yes, with the headsets yes. makes a difference. I was gonna say that the quality of the graphics and the screen really mattered, but the more I play, I don't know if it does because you you sort of suspend disbelief. And you ignore some of the... Because PSVR is not super sharp. No. There's a little bit of blurriness to it. It doesn't have that screen door effect that a lot of the PC ones have had, mm-hmm. where it kind of looks like you're looking through a wireframe mesh. Um, but for the PSVR, I, I don't notice a lot of that. It's just that nice, that slight little pixely haze. I don't know. Have you? Do you feel like you saw that when you, know, you played? You mentioned that to me early on where you said, even though the graphics may be subpar or not what we're used to, mm-hmm. you're you're able to suspense suspend that disbelief because it's just so immersive yeah and i did experience that with um i expect you to die where that's kind of blocky it's not you know yeah for those who don't know that's sort of a it's like a james bond secret agent game where you're put in situations where everything's trying to kill you it's a seated experience mm-hmm. uh i'm a sucker for those games <laughs> and so, the, it's the car one was the one you played yeah, right? yeah yeah and it really is very immersive mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah you just turn off the fact that oh these graphics might not be good mm-hmm. yeah so i i would say as long as the gameplay is there and the representations are good enough mm-hmm. i don't think screen quality or, or graphics matter it will of course be better if you're in there and it's like this looks like a real person mm-hmm you know, we were talking about the uh, the sort of Safari game. Yes. Which kind of combines virtual reality with, you know, pre-recorded footage mm-hmm. it, with these like 360 cameras that are out there, which are okay, but 360 cameras have have their own sort of weird issues. But yeah, basically you're, you can pet a lion and not get eaten. Right, right, right. the right, idea right. behind that. I'm not sure the exact name of that, but you had mentioned that today. That is kind of a, a weird thing where that's as photorealistic as you can get. But I wonder how that'd be an interesting one to try to see if the, like the depth is there, like it mm-hmm. feels like it's not just a flat right. animal because it is a, like a pre-recorded camera footage. I don't right. know, I don't know. But I, I want two things. I think to make virtual reality perfect at home. Okay. Because I think when you you go to other places or you go to like uh, 
you know, there probably are like VR arcades where they have like big open rooms, like with the Vive set up and right. things like that, where you can actually walk wherever you want. But when it comes to being at home, unless you have a dedicated like 15 by 15 room that is empty or padded, maybe right, <laughs> because right. you will run into things. You will hit. I, I think your your buddy Ian hit uh, hit the headset a couple times. Yeah, he hit me. <laughs> he hit. Yeah, he was, he was like, please, <laughs> please eat this move controller, Gerald. And until you can have like a, a space where it's completely open and you don't have to worry about anything being in the way, people at home aren't going to have that. So the first thing I think they got to figure out in a cheap way is how you can simulate walking. Right. Because teleporting works. Mm -hmm. Like in Skyrim VR, you have to teleport. I mean, you could kind of move, but you got to teleport unless you're using a DualShock controller, which I think takes you out of it. So there's been a couple, I don't know if you've seen, there's some, the main idea is like treadmills. Right. Okay, where you have a treadmill system that recognizes you're walking. But when I walk on a treadmill, I don't feel like I'm walking naturally. Right. And then they released... There's this, uh, it's somewhat new. There's a treadmill that has um, conveyors that go both ways. Mm -hmm. So as you turn, the other set of conveyors will start moving. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is just asking for disaster. Like somebody, right. you're going to fall down and bust your head on that. Right. There's another company that makes one that it's sort of a, an octagon mm -hmm. and it has a slight slope to it. Hmm. And there's these special shoes you wear mm. that are slick. Mm -hmm. So you're not, it's not moving and you're in sort of like a little round padded barrier and you sort of lean into it and you sort of glide you sort mm -hmm. of slide your feet on it and that that causes the game to move your character but hmm. again it's still not there i don't know what they're going to need to do to get it to where you can actually move aside from really big room scale and you just happen to have a vr room in your house that that's the only thing i think it's holding back back like full immersion right and then um the other thing i was going to say is haptic feedback where you can actually feel it mm -hmm. um we need somebody please make a VR glove like that uh, gloves yes. that every finger and they have vibration sensors. Or you can feel what you're picking up there. Tony Stark, if you're listening, sir, <laughs> sir, get on that. I, there is a company that's made like a really good haptic feedback glove and it, but it has all these crazy like cablings like, and it's probably super expensive. Right. And uh, there's a demo where, um, like a little fox will jump in your hand and you can kind of feel mm -hmm. the fur of the fox, like just wow. the, the haptics in that glove, which is pretty cool. Or you'll, uh, it'll start raining and you'll feel as you see the raindrops, it'll react in the glove, but just the expense and how big and bulky that glove is. It's not like something smooth, like in a, in a sci-fi show where you just throw on the glove or you put on the suit right. and you can feel everything. So that, those two things, if they could figure those out. I think VR would blow up if if it was affordable, right? Because I think that's the other big thing is like the cost. There's a those are some pretty high hurdles to jump yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, and know? I don't know if it'll ever get there. It might just be something we deal with, like teleporting in in games and virtual reality. That just might always be a thing. Another problem too with that is if you have a large game like Skyrim, mm -hmm. you can't walk everywhere in Skyrim. It's just too big. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And they I know there's like the fast fast travel. Yeah, it's called yeah. yeah fast travel. So, I mean, there's that aspect, but yeah, I've seen, I have not played Skyrim VR yet mm -hmm. because I know, I mean, we talked about this, you would wanted to try Skyrim VR yeah. that one night, but by the time you'd be done character creation, it'd be the next day. Yeah. Well, but, that in my head was already shot from. <laughs> yeah. You, you had to lay down for probably about an hour. Yeah. Close my eyes. I think I even dozed off. Yeah. yeah. A little sleep. Just... A little sleep while I played, uh. Played some shooty fruity. Yeah, I did not feel well. No. So that that was the other thing too, is that after you got out of the headset to take that break, still watching me continue got you. Yep. So I wonder what it is about that, because if you think if you watch somebody play a first person shooter, right, that probably wouldn't make you sick. It it did oh, it, it does initially, and then I got used to it. So okay. I, I used to not be able to watch people play first person shooters, and now I can. Yeah, and that's sort of the conversation we're having off off camera. Is can you train uh -huh. your body to not get motion sick in virtual reality? That's the dream. And you tried uh, the second session. You tried the old the old Dramamine yep. combo. Yep. Do you think that staved it off more? I do. I feel like it helped a little bit. Um, but not enough to where you enough. could just do play anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's mostly just that, just that movement. Like when you're walking in the game, 
but any anything standing standing you're pretty okay mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just the movement and i'd love if there's some sort of regimen or or something that i could do some kind of protocol that i could build up a tolerance or... yeah yeah what is the workout right train, train your game right train your game right. how do i do that so what uh different one you've tried the psvr have you used vive or oculus rift or have you tried um the gear vr which is like cell phone vr at no all? i haven't um used a little bit of the ar you know with cell phones but mm-hmm. um yeah nothing with the virtual reality uh, cell phone hardware i'd love to but i just haven't had the opportunity yeah and after you like i think the cell phone the gear vr is kind of like that's a very early stepping stone like mm-hmm. i think that's something you could easily skip mm-hmm. um i've done some gear vr at conventions that i've gone to but i've not i had no interest to and what are your thoughts about it um it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's fine i mean they're not it's it's vr mobile games you know Mm -hmm. they don't have that uh the triple a feel right but even regular vr games they're not all made by triple a companies either aside from you know that's probably why batman is so good Mm. because rocksteady did it Mm -hmm. so of course they're gonna put boom like effort into it and they already have all these assets to pull from with the arkham games um but a lot of vr games that are popular i mean they're mostly indie devs at this point, like a, a big one now that just recently came out, I cannot wait to try is Beat Saber, which is uh, a little bit of DDR, a little bit of Guitar Hero and lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. I think I showed you a little clip of it, maybe. I think so. Yeah. It... So essentially the notes for the song come towards you uh-huh. and you have these two like a red and blue lightsaber and you're slashing the notes with the rhythm of the song. Right. And uh, there'll, there'll be arrows on those little notes that come in determining which way you need to slash the blocks. Wow. And it gets it gets insane. I bet. Yeah, and then there'll be walls that'll come by, so you have to kind of, like, dodge away Sounds from the awesome. walls. Yeah, it's an amazing-looking game. It's really taking off. A lot of people have taken it upon themselves to modify their Vive controllers, because right now it's, you know, Vive and uh, Oculus. all PC right now. I've talked to the developer a little bit, very little bit. He's probably never going to talk to me again because he's now getting massacred with interest in beat saber it's everywhere. he's doing talks about it so beat saber if you want to get up with me please do don't forget about me i talked to you before it was big <laughs> early on when i first heard about it, i was like i gotta reach out to this guy because mm-hmm. this is gonna blow up and we talked a little bit and i was like hey let me know when when things start growing and uh it blew up on reddit and uh i haven't heard from him wow. <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't forget about me but he said there's going to be a psvr version so that's what i'm gonna wait for i think Oh, man, I do want to play because I love DDR. I love rhythm games, and just uh, just the things people are doing with. Like I was saying, there are people who have made uh, bow staff versions, sort wow. of Dar- Darth Maul style, and they're playing the games that are the songs with it. Right, crazy. There's somebody who did. Uh, what did I see the other day? They took um, straps and made essentially nunchucks, hmm. and they were playing it with nunchucks. Like t- think about the skill level. Right, that's just to amazing. play it with the the sabers let alone nunchucks yeah so it's interesting to see what is going to be coming down the line um pc vr is where it starts right and then i think when they refine things that's when we get it on psvr Mm -hmm. um because i i did pick up a vive recently i have not had time to clear a space and hook it up and really compare the two Uh, i just like having it on a console and it just it's just working it's just ready to go Mm -hmm. i don't have to set anything up i don't have to dedicate a pc to it uh i think that's what's kind of keeping it from the mainstream more so Mm -hmm. Uh, as psvr grows i'm hoping right it'll keep going i would agree now backtracking just a little bit Mm -hmm. i'm a huge fan of mobile games i love mobile games so i wonder if i would like the gear hardware well it's cheaper Probably easier to access. It's, it might not be as intensely immersive, so mm-hmm. I wonder if you'd get as sick. Interesting. Let's go off topic real quick. Okay. Now, now you've got me in the, the mobile gaming uh, mindset all of a sudden. So I, I like to whine and complain to people about mobile gaming and cell phone <laughs> games. Uh, a good, good friend of the show, uh, 8-Bit Duke, he does a show about mobile games. Um, check that out. He, he's a big proponent of cell phone gaming. Uh, he has some really good reviews. Check out his channel, 8-Bit Duke. So what, let's see, top three, mm. what are your top three cell phone games that you've been playing right now? Arid and Arena. 
I've been playing for years. Okay, explain that. So it's it's a tactical card game that uses dice. Um, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's a tactical yeah. card game so it's, using it's, dice. It's it's PvP. Okay, and one on one. Yes, you have your hand um, of your different characters, and you activate different abilities that they have depending on the dice that you roll. And it's kind of Yahtzee style. So you roll your dice, you can pick the, which ones you want to keep hmm. um, and determine which abilities you want to activate. Okay. Um, so the car, but you don't see the character sort of like, you don't activate an actual thing on a map that's fighting and attacking. No, 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 it's no. It's strictly, so it's like magic. Yes. Like Magic the Gathering. Yeah, yeah. With dice. Kind of, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Because I, I used to play a lot of magic back in the day. I was never good at it. Uh huh. Because there's so many rules and the, the understanding of sequence. And yeah, all the this is things. much more straightforward. Okay. It's, it's not that complex. And all it's right. more, you have characters and less about, you know, spells and instant. Uh, and land and yes, all that. Yeah, no mana, nothing like that. So your, your dice are kind of your mana as far as you determine what you can activate by what you roll. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like Ashes, the card game. Um, if anybody's played that, where where the dice are your mana, I'm a big fan of of uh, cardboard games as well. And that as we're getting into this, I'm realizing that's gonna have to be a show. That's yeah. gonna have to be a show. We'll have to do that soon. Let let's save that because I really want to get into that because uh, uh, we have a very different mindset on that. Uh -huh. Yeah, but I have to admit there are some there's some cell phone games I play mm -hmm. now and then, but they never like stick with me. Like for years, that's impressive. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh, it was my go to. Uh, game. One of the benefits of it is that the matches are very quick, maybe a minute mm -hmm. or two, so you can pick it up, put it down very. Yeah, quickly. lunch break. Yep. Play a couple rounds. Yep. Get back to work. It doesn't really have the traditional issue with like your energy. You know how? Oh, you have to wait eight hours yes, to play yes. again. Now it it does have that to a certain point. You get rewards at the end of your game. And once you run out of keys, you can't you can either buy more keys or you have to wait until the keys restock after a certain amount of time. But you can keep playing and just not get those rewards. So I got one last question before we're going to take a quick break. Okay. What, uh, how much have you spent on this game? Have you spent money on I this have, game? Yes, oh, I have, yes, I have. How could and, you? Well, here's the thing. That actually speaks volumes to how much I love this game. So it's a free-to-play. A free-to-play. So you could do it all on your own. Yes. I did for years. I did for years. But it got to the point where you were just like, I want to get well, more into it? here's the thing. And and I've recently stopped playing after years. Okay. Um, Because they changed a little bit of their formatting. Before you could earn crystals through your matches, playing for free. Mm -hmm. And then use those crystals to buy additional cards or upgrade cards that you had. Okay. Um, they stopped doing that. So then you were sort of forced to, unless you played a ton and I used to, mm -hmm. but then I just kind of stopped playing as frequently. It was, it was Ooh, don't even get me started a lot on of time. Animal crossing pocket camp. Cause I'm a big animal crossing okay. fan. And I was like, oh, wow, Animal Crossing on the phone, yep. on the go. I can take it to work. Yep. I was so excited. And then these freaking leaf tickets. At first, you could earn leaf tickets doing things, but you could also buy them. Right. And you had to use those for certain events. Right. But you would always have just enough time yes. to grind it naturally. Yes. And then this last event they had, mm, mm -hmm. they added fortune cookies. This is the... I am 31 years old. They added fortune cookies, which were so expensive, you had to buy them with leave tickets. You could only get two a day normally. And the event lasted like six days. So you could not earn enough leave tickets to get all of the items. Yep. Because they released... Oh, it's going to make me... We're going to have to stop after this. It's going to make me so mad. So the <laughs> the event was certain... This fortune cookie you could buy as many as you wanted... But there were 50 leaf tickets a piece. It takes a long time to get that many leaf tickets in the game Pricey. normally. Very expensive. And it was game consoles for furniture. So you could get like a virtual boy. Go figure. Right. You could get a virtual boy to set up in your house. Or well, your your camp, basically. You could get a Nintendo Switch. You could get a DS. And there were all these different game consoles, classic game consoles, you could earn by opening these fortune cookies. And it was random. And there were about, I don't know, maybe 12 or so different ones. 
what I, I started using my leaf tickets for them because I'd saved them up. I hoarded them. I'm a digital hoarder. And I got a virtual boy first try. I was like, yes, this isn't so bad. Second time, you got a virtual boy. Oh. You could get the same thing you've already gotten in your inventory. It was completely random. Mm. I got four virtual boys, Gerald. 200 leaf tickets. Jeez. Done. Haven't touched the game since. So Nintendo, I know you're watching. <laughs> You're not watching. <laughs> please, please fix yourselves. Yeah, it's very similar situation. So unfair, very unfair. I, I was still in love with this game for a couple months, and I, I probably spent. Oh, I, long I pause. I probably spent probably about two hundred dollars on this game, Ooh. which. That's over, almost <laughs> over almost four games, right? More than four games. Um, and you know, I, I still don't feel guilty about it because this game provided me years of entertainment, years of entertainment. And I, and I've, I did want to support the developers and mm -hmm. I want them to keep on having, you know, bringing content out and they're, they're really good at bringing out updates, and updates things. and cards every week. And okay. so, so I don't, even now I don't regret it, but I did reach a point where I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's where I got with that game, but we'll, we'll save the rest for that episode. This, this is just a foreshadow for that episode of the show <laughs> because it's time for a game break. Mm -hmm. So the game break every, every episode, see, we're, we're just, we're just making it up as we go along. No, this is all planned out. We are going to bring more than just talking on this show. Gerald, this is Game Break, where we're going to stop halfway through the episode, and we're going to do a little game. Today, just going to be trivia. Okay. A little bit of trivia. Okay. I've got three trivia questions for you Okay. about virtual reality. Okay? We're going to talk a little bit about the history of virtual reality to start off. Okay? I'll give you multiple choice. Okay, good. Okay? Good, good, make good. it easier. And then we can just kind of talk about it. So... <clears throat> The display that you wear, the goggles, yes. okay, is generally referred to as an HMD, a head-mounted display. Okay. What was the name of the first head-mounted display ever created? Okay, what was the name of it? Okay, mm -hmm. ready? Mm -hmm. Was it the Eye Zone, mm -hmm. the Sword of Damocles? I hope it's that one. <laughs> Top Hat or the V Goggles? So, V-Goggles, Top Hat, Sword of Damocles, or the first one, which is obviously not real because I forgot what it was already. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. So, it's one of those three. <laughs> Sword of Damocles. Okay. Uh-huh. Got that? Mm-hmm. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. The Goggles or the Top Hat? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, is this, is this the marketing name of the product? Or I'll is give this... you the year. 1968. Wow. 1968, the first head-mounted display. I'm going to go with the top hat. Top hat. It was the Sword of Damocles, Man. even with my mistake. Still got him. Yeah, the Sword of Damocles. And that's a hardcore. That's one you wanted it to be. I wanted it to be. But that, that was too cool. Amazing. Right? Yeah, so it was Ivan Sutherland developed that in 1968 with his company. And there were head-mounted displays before that. Okay. But this was the first one that was actually connected to a computer mm. for the graphic feed. And it was super primitive graphics. And it was called the Sword of Damocles. Do you know the story? No, tell me it. So the Sword of Damocles is an ancient Greek story mm -hmm. that sort of represented the, the dangers of life. And uh, there was a sword, the Sword of Damocles, that hung over the throne by a single hair. Hmm. So it was always like at any moment. Mm -hmm. Could all be over all over so the reason it got that name is because it was hooked to this super heavy piece of machinery that then you know went into the head mounted display and attached so it was gotcha. like this sword of damocles it was this big heavy thing so it's mm -hmm. almost like a joke mm -hmm. of how huge it was right so sword of damocles that makes sense i like yeah. that now this time we're gonna get it a little a little bit easier okay a little bit easier all right okay so in what year was the term virtual reality coined when was the first time the words virtual reality were put together to represent what we know it as today? Okay. Okay, was it 1954, mm -hmm. 1968, mm -hmm. or 1987? 1954, 1968, or 1987? I'm going to say 87. 
You are correct, sir. Oh. 1987. Boom. So pretty late to the game. I was surprised. Uh, but hey, it's a good year. Year I was born. I'll take it. 1987 is the first time the term virtual reality was coined. And uh, that was by, let me, let me get this right. I don't want to mess it up. Jaron Lanier. Jaron hmm. Lanier. And he ran a research company that delved into VR um, around that time. But again, I mean, that was a big thing. Like you think of the really goofiness, the idea around virtual reality in the 80s and 90s. Like just ridiculous people with like weird clothes right. on and these weird headsets yep. and stuff before they really figured it out. But that was when the term was first coined. Interesting. Very interesting. Well done. So you're, you're, you got one. Uh -huh. You got one right. Now this is the last question. This is about virtual reality and vision and the idea of like, does a VR headset hurt your eyes? You know, staring mm -hmm. at those screens. Mm -hmm. Because we've always heard parents telling children, you know, I heard it. You're going to mess your eyes up. Your I eyes are going to go square, I think was one of the terms. So you would hear that a lot from your parents? Yeah, cross-eyed or whatever. Cross-eyed from looking at screens. Did mm -hmm. you believe them? Um, I think I did because, yeah. you know, when I was very young, you just you get right, right up. You, yeah, you're playing that CRT right close. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that kind of makes sense in retrospect. So here's the question. Mm -hmm. The American Academy of Ophthalmology have weighed in. They mm. weighed in on screen exposure. Okay. Interesting. So have did they say there is no evidence that exposure to screens can cause permanent damage? There is little evidence, or there is some evidence that long exposure to screens can cause permanent damage. I'm going to say some evidence. Now, now let's... Because we got no, little, and some. Now, when you say damage... Can cause permanent damage to the eyes. So are we talking, like, blindness? Or are we talking it might affect your vision and whether you have to wear glasses, your prescription strength? We'll, or... go, we'll go that route. We'll say... Some damage, yeah. Yeah, okay. like in that I'll, sense. Yeah, I'll say it's, what was the worst kind? There's... So we got no little sum. So some. you're going for the worst? It's the worst. All right. According to the American Academy of Ophthalmology, there is no evidence really? that long exposure to screens can cause permanent damage. There's That's not crazy. been any any proof of that. Isn't that wild? That is wild. Because I... you would just naturally think, but I mean... Well, even now they say when you're at work and you're looking at your computer monitor, mm -hmm. um, you know, every 20 minutes or so, look away, refocus right. on something... In the distance, come strain. back. Exactly. So, so that's I, I was I thinking the same thing. So I looked into it a little bit more. They did say that somebody who already has like a vision issue mm. or some weird weakened issue, not just like glasses. Gotcha. It could possibly affect that more. Okay. Um, but there were a lot of studies about other issues, not physical damage, hmm. but mental damage hmm. in the sense of. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about waking up and immediately going to your phone or right. looking at your phone before you go to bed. Right. And that screen brightness kind of makes your brain become active. So it's right. hard to get a proper like sleep rhythm. Yeah. So that that I could see. But yeah, hmm. apparently um, we're, we're OK. We're good. Our four hour VR sessions, we hopefully will be OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until, the, until the real study comes out. Right. So right. that was uh, our first game break. We got through it. Not bad Man. for the first episode. He sprung that on me Spr right, he did right not before know. he did not know about we game started break. filming. He said, game breaks yeah. are going to be a thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's true. So let's get back to the topic, virtual reality gaming. I want to talk about the popularity of virtual reality. We touched on it a little bit. Where do you think we're at with virtual reality at home? Because that's kind of what I really want to talk mm. about. Because every convention, there's virtual reality headsets set up. E3, right. I'm sure it's full of them. Right. But people that are actually buying a VR headset, whether it's on the PC, the Gear VR, or PSVR, whatever it is, you know how how big and how uh, locked in do you think that is right now? Like where we are right now? I think it's still touchy. I yeah, think I think we're still in the early I era. Am. Yeah, I do. I'm afraid that you know it, it's it's not necessarily here to stay yet i think mm. there's a lot of interest in it yeah but it has to be marketable and the companies in order to we were just talking about this put money in their r&d they need to see some sort of return yeah cuz most of them are the indie devs yeah. like these triple a companies are not they're not making a bunch of like do we, we haven't gotten uncharted vr yet right like where's that at? oh my gosh that'd be amazing be crazy that climbing be rock, rock climbing and so cool yeah I think AR is going to be a step, mm -hmm. kind of like a halfway step. 
or a half step on like the classic Pokemon Go. You know? Oh, that was <laughs> you know, that was huge. It was huge. But it was I mean it was barely AR. It, it, yeah, but that just shows you I think where the potential is. There's actually a I don't know if it's out yet, but there's a Ghostbusters, hmm. and, you know, I'm a huge Ghostbusters nut. I have a problem. Probably will be an episode uh, topic at some point. But there was a Ghostbusters AR Pokemon Go style game. Right. I don't know if it's out yet, but I think it's in development, licensed, which is kind of interesting. Um, Pokemon Go got tough because unless you lived in the right spot, mm-hmm. like you got to you got to do some traveling, mm-hmm. and the time involvement mm-hmm. was tricky. But Ghostbusters, you know, catching ghosts in in your town, ooh, that's that's I could see that. There's a ton of potential. There there, there really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I'd be my may be wrong on this. We'll see. <laughs> you don't even want to say I it. I don't. But <laughs> so nervous about I, it. I, I, did I hear something about a, a Harry Potter AR experience? Mm, there's a. I think there's a Harry Potter virtual reality experience, but I don't know if it's like a home one. Uh-huh. I, speaking of Ghostbusters, to not to switch it, but there's a Ghostbusters virtual reality uh, event thing that is happening where mm. you go in and you. Uh, it's it's like a more you know you, you get tickets to it. Gotcha. And uh, you wear like a backpack and you have like a gun and you wear the headset and it's all connected into like the rooms are built up for a virtual reality Ghostbusters experience. That's mm-hmm. something that's come out, which is really awesome. I'd love to do that. But, you know, to I mean, I'm not going to probably ever get to try that. Right. Um, but I'm sure there's a Harry Potter AR experience. I'm sure on the phone there's mm-hmm. got to be something. Because I know there was even like the wand fighting games. Right. So I'm sure there's right. something. Right. I mean, the, the market for that is huge. Yeah, yeah. Anything Harry Potter. Just, yeah. Yeah. Still, I mean, the movies have been the main series movies have been done. Yeah. And they're still making movies about the lore, mm-hmm. you know, with the. Uh, and it's just going to get bigger series. because, you know, as people get older, you know, as they're going to they're going to want those kind Nostalgia. of stories. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yep. it's you know, the the market's going to be there. Oh, yeah. Reboot City. Excuse me. <laughs> what, what is Harry Potter going to be when that gets rebooted? How are they going to do that? Right. Speaking of reboot, you remember Reboot? The CG show. Wow, yeah. With, where the uh, incoming game with yeah. Bob and Enzo, and they yep. would fight the the user, which yep. was us playing video games. Yep. Loved that show growing up. You know, they rebooted it. Did they? Unfortunately, they rebooted Reboot. Wow. And it's, uh, I think it's on Netflix, and I don't even want to watch it. It looks like absolute trash. Really? It really has nothing to do with the original show. Um, I think it's like these kids that go into games and they play. And Do like you remember the game so Arcade bad. on Nintendo? Uh, not Nintendo. Uh, Nickelodeon? Yeah, Nick Arcade. Yeah. Oh, classic. I was all about that game. Or that show. The host uh, goes to a lot of the conventions now. Really? Yeah, because they were trying to bring it back. Man, I, they did a Kickstarter a cool or something or Indiegogo. Yeah, they tried to fund like to yeah. bring it back. I don't know if it ever happened. Yeah. but uh, Yeah. Oh, I loved, loved Nick Arcade. Oh, there was another one too. But yeah, really cool idea like mm-hmm. gaming on television yeah is kind of yeah it just it just hasn't taken off no but youtube and web series and like game and gaming is huge yeah huge let's talk about this so ar we talked a little bit about ar we've been talking about gaming almost exclusively aside from that little safari chat right so gaming in vr versus experiences or simulations in vr mm-hmm. let's talk about that because there are some on the psvr as well that are sometimes they'll call them psvr apps mm. or experiences what was the one that you were making fun of you remember what that one was it was free the one that was free on the uh on the store the place psn we were looking at it was some musician i think wasn't oh my it? gosh <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, i don't even remember who it was josh bell was that yes <laughs> something like that something joshua bell, bell. Uh, his music experience in VR, right. yeah. Which honestly, I mean, I believe I tip be my hat to you. Like that's it's a great marketing ploy. But you did say <laughs> free is overpaying. You did <laughs> free too much. I think I said that. Free is too much. I think I said that. But a good one. There's an Apollo. I believe it's Apollo 11, mm. which is an experience. It's not really a game. Like mm-hmm. you go through the Apollo 11 mission. That's pretty cool. And you're in the suit, and you're 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 kind of interacting with, you know, the control panels and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's not really a game. You're just going through the experience. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that for VR? Do you think Man, there's? I, I love it. I think it's there's a lot of potential for that. Yeah, especially with history, like historical oh things, like to experience and like go into it. And it's not really a game. It's not really a goal. You're just going through it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it has to be 
game-like for people to want to pick up those experiences. Like Apollo 11, like, it's not, like, you, you can't fail the mission, right. as far as I know. You're just getting pushed through a very linear experience. Like, do you think there's a lot of room for linear you know, experiences? I kind of wish we would have played that Safari game before we recorded this. Yeah, to kind of see what that's yeah. like. I have a feeling that would uh, get boring very quickly. I, I, think, I think that application is limited. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be a good sort of proof of concept, you know, mm -hmm. um, if there were a story behind it or, or an objective, like, you know, the lunar landings or something like that. Yeah. Those kind of sim things. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. And there's another, like there's missions to Mars and things like that. Like right. that could be interesting to just go through. Yeah. You know, I think there are a lot of people, I think that enjoy watching video games just on the television screen that are that are well done. For yeah. example, um, I played Witcher Three on the PS4. Love you went through the whole game. game. Yes. It's okay. Probably my, it's probably my favorite game. Of all it's time. a very mature rated game. Love that game. And my girlfriend watched it pretty much the whole thing mm -hmm. just on the couch right beside me. Yeah, and was into it. And she loved it. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what I did growing up. Uh, you know, because my go-to genre was role playing games, mm -hmm. and those aren't. You know, you're not going to play co-op and role-playing no. unless you're talking Secret of Mana or something. But what we would do, if I went to his house, I would watch him play through the RPG he was working on. Right. If he came to my house, I would be playing through my RPG. He would just watch me. Like, oh, wow. So you use that attack? Oh, wow. That's cool. But never did we play each other's right. RPGs. It's interesting. Like, he was obsessed with Kingdom Hearts. I'm going to say it right now. Probably going to get some dislikes already. Mm -hmm. Don't like Kingdom Hearts. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. I don't want Disney in my Final Fantasy. Sorry about it. I don't need Goofy hanging out with Cloud right. in Final Fantasy. So it never really hit with me, but I would watch him play it. I had no interest to play it myself. He would watch me play Suikoden, mm -hmm. which I'm obviously obsessed with, but he never played it. He thought it was cool. It was interesting. Another one was uh, Legend of Lagaya, mm. which is not known to be a great game, but he loved it, and I would watch him play it. And I was never bored watching him play those games. And it's so funny that with Let's Play culture that continued to where you could watch any game. That's another great example, you know? Yeah. So I think I think there is potential out there. For just an experience. For just an experience, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And, and even if you think like uh, roller coaster simulators in VR, that's a thing. There's, mm -hmm. I think, two or three apps, or they might call them games, on mm -hmm. PSVR that mm -hmm. are just different roller coaster experiences. Or the Soar game. Game. Where you're the bird, right, right, which it has some gamey elements, but I mean, really, you're just you're flying, right? You're flying as a bird, but it's amazing, you yeah. know. I wish I could play it, but I get motion sickness. <laughs> yeah, that would be a that would be a serious throw up situation. Yeah, that one and sure. uh, what's that other game where you're like the superhero, and you're like you're you can blast through buildings and like these these giant creatures are attacking the city, and you're this flying superhero. In VR, yeah, is that one we played? It we. We didn't play it, but either we watched a, a, a preview of it or a trailer at least. You're blasting through the walls. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about the the playroom, just the the uh, mini games. Yeah. No, of, no, the no, 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 no. What is that one? That must have been. Is I that one I bought? I think you had, or oh. maybe it wasn't released yet. Maybe it's coming. I wish you had your. I know. We're going to have to upgrade eventually yeah. and take this off airplane mode. I'll get a laptop one of these days. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Uh, if you know, leave it in the comments. Yeah. Please Looks help great. Us. I want to play it so badly, but again, you're flying, mm -hmm. so I can't play that. Yeah, I mean, not right now. Until we, no. until we figure out that fix. No. Until one of the fans of the show that is a doctor please. and puts together a plan for you. Please. That's what we need. That's I have a PPO. <laughs> <laughs> Insurance, baby. Insurance just to play VR. So speaking of the future of your VR experience, let's finish up talking about where we think virtual reality is going to go, what it's going to, maybe what it's going to take to to become more mainstream. Is it going to become more mainstream? What do you think the future of VR is going to be to finish out today? I'd like to see it grow um become more implemented yeah because if it doesn't become more popular yeah devs are going to stop stop yeah trying new things and making new products and making it better I, I think there's a lot of people that want to see it integrated more but it's just can developers see enough return to get to the point 
where everybody wants it to be, but they just need to bridge those technological gaps. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know about that. I the biggest thing for me, I think, is the motion sickness. Because if they're able to, to fix it for, for everybody. F- fix it for everybody, then yeah, then I think it's gonna open up a lot of doors. Like I said, I, I want to support it with my money. Um But it would be foolish to buy such an expensive yes. accessory, yep. really. Yep. Where you can play maybe a couple games. Yeah. So that's really make it worth it to me. What do you think? I think cost. I think as the cost comes down, because, you know, I I am a proponent of getting PSVRs, like that's where you should get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. Because if you already have a PlayStation 4, you don't have to put out as much money. I would agree. I would agree. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't have to, you know, you have to buy a big, expensive computer just to be able to run PC VR, just get PSVR. What if you're an Xbox user right. and you don't have a PlayStation 4? You still got to buy a $300 console and $300 and upwards to get the PSVR set up. So you're kind of in a similar situation. It still is cheaper. Right. But yeah, I think PSVR is the way to start. But until the headsets get cheaper and the headsets gets, get more comfortable and lighter, mm-hmm. if we can have that really light... Like to where it's almost like you're just putting on sunglasses, right? You know, like an old eighty sci-fi movie where it's like, <laughs> "Yep, all the virtual reality is in this these little sunglasses." Right. If we can get to that point, I think anybody would, because even though three D TV and three D technology, watching that at home has kind mm-hmm. of died out. Mm-hmm. Like who who buys a TV now specifically that's three D? I wanted that. I really wanted that to to yeah. take off. And it and it was it got easier. To where you didn't need the active shutter ones, you mm-hmm. get the like more movie theater style right. sunglasses. So it got really easy, mm-hmm. but it still didn't take off. Yeah, so and that, I think a lot of that was because the the application wasn't there, the the titles weren't there, the soft. Yeah. you know what I mean. What's the? Yeah, it's just like whoa, it's three D. Why did I it need remember? To be 3D? Man, I remember seeing Jurassic Park three D uh, in the theaters. Oh, when they did the re release and they yeah. really did everything. And I think the only thing I noticed was like a leaf. Kind of came out a little bit. <laughs> Gerald's watching like an hour in. He's like, whoa. <laughs> oh, that leaf. I was, man, I was oh, hot. Oh, that leaf. I was hot. It was a joke. It was yeah. a joke. Yeah, 3D, I think, is not to be the number one draw. That's, right. I think, a supplement, which is mm-hmm. where I think virtual reality, having 3D in virtual reality, which you mm-hmm. have to have to have that sense of depth, that's where it matters. Right. For sure. So I, for me, it's cost, like as the cost comes down. Because if you get a headset for 100 bucks. Oh man. Who who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah, it's just it's a little less than two games. Yeah, buy a VR headset. And there's so many free games yep. and applications that it's you can true. test. It's true. That you you get something when you get the headset. I anyway. want people to buy those AAA titles. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but if you're just looking for a variety of titles, they're out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I've I've even just buy I've only bought VR games on sale pretty much because there's always it's sales. True. And I have almost a hundred VR games. It's crazy. And I've not spent that much money because a lot of them I get I bought a game today for two dollars. And it's not bad. No. It's like a it's like a flying spaceship shooter. I was really impressed. Two bucks? Yeah, two bucks. Man. So that's a no brainer. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. And if the AAA companies would get on it and put out some awesome VR experiences like Batman, which is I think the best example right now of a AAA mm-hmm. VR game. Aside, of course, from a lot of people will point to it. I don't have the experience. Resident Evil. Mm. is in vr okay mm-hmm. but i uh is it biohazard yeah I, I don't have the you know i i play that outside of vr and did you like it i i just played the demo okay um i was a little disappointed oh but but in vr in vr it would be amazing yeah they're saying that is that is like the horror experience right now it's still yeah. probably the best VR horror experience mm-hmm. because you're it's the whole game yeah in VR yeah so, but I uh I bought it yeah but uh I haven't played it yet yeah I don't know if I'll be and, able and, to. and to be fair I did watch the trailer of it and to see to have the scenes in the trailer to be in VR would be amazing so so me saying I wasn't a big fan of it mm-hmm. the demo really dry really dry yeah you know it 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 really just kind of gives you a feeling of the world but it doesn't really do much um so so to be fair i don't really feel as though that's 
um, you're able to, to make the call with just the demo. Probably not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to take a night where you're not worried about getting sick. Right. And just let you try and see how far you can get before it hits you. Right. Because you'd probably. I think go I'm actually when we wrap up filming tonight, I think that might be. All right. It's something decided. We do. You wish you could be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's close out now. I, I always want to do this. Okay. At the end of each show, we're going to do a little Q&A segment hmm. from the viewers. Hmm. Now, you might not know. How's he going to get questions? This is the first episode. It's impossible. Because Does Dave have a time machine? I do. It's called Patreon and Discord, right? See, if you're on that Patreon, you would already know that Digitally Distracted was coming, but now you'll be set for next time. So I have three questions for the Q&A today. Okay. Okay, two from Patreon and one from the Game Dave Discord server. Links will be in the description. Mm. So make sure you join up because you get all kinds of like bonus things on that Discord. And of course, if you want to help the show, Support it on Patreon. That's the only reason this was able to happen. You know, the yeah. set, thank you to the patrons. They made it happen. It's a great set. So our first question. Okay. From Patreon. This is from Juicy John. <laughs> Juicy John. One of the best names. With the PSVR, do you think slash believe that VR will become more accessible to people without the PCs necessary to power the headset and games, which is kind of Absolutely. what we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree that the PSVR is going to be what moves VR in the future. PC may look better, right? May have cooler things going on, but uh, you know, graphics and and more titles. Sure. But PSVR is is what's going to keep it mainstream yes. and keep it going. Yeah, great question, Juicy. <laughs> Good job, Juicy. Next, Evan B from Patreon. A little off topic. Okay. Thoughts on the lifespan of the 3DS and Vita? Now, did you get into the 3DS or the Vita? You know, I didn't. I, I, I wanted to with the Vita. I really did. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot for me to put my money down, which speaks to, again, the mobile gaming that I've paid for. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I was I was almost, the first time I played uh, the VR, mm -hmm. I almost just went out immediately. But you were smart because you were like, wait. You know? Oh. And, and even usually I'm, I'm an Amazon shopper. And I was like, I'm going to go to a brick and mortar and just, because I can't wait. And, I can't wait two days you for know, prime I, shipping. I, I, listen, I love delaying gratification, but I was like, I can't wait. I <laughs> need I need this. Yeah, I mean, that was a good... We had played some fun games. We did. Yeah. I was blown away. That That's the impact it had on me. Um, but so I really wanted... Again, I love mobile gaming. Mm -hmm. Really, I really wanted to pick up the Vita. But it just feels like for you, you feel like the cell phone's going to get there for you. Oh my gosh. I have so many games on my phone. Yeah. So many games on my phone. Well, it's a pretty timely question because the Vita has, I think, officially been discontinued mm -hmm. at this point. The Vita is officially done. They're we, no longer making games have, for yeah, it. Yeah, mobile gaming, it's just, that's that's the death now. Yeah. 3DS, I played a lot of 3DS early on. I have not kept up with 3DS mm -hmm. because I don't do a lot of portable gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, and with the Switch, it's like, you know what? The Switch kind of did what I wish the 3DS did, where yes. I could plug it to my TV. Yes. Um, which is... You know, I play, if I play Game Boy games now, retro games, mm -hmm. any retro portable stuff, I play it on the television. Mm -hmm. I'll use the Game Boy adapters mm -hmm. for the Super Game Boy because uh, I just like to play those experiences on the TV and I get the idea of it so you can take it with you and enjoy yeah. it. But yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I think the 3DS is about, <sighs> Nintendo claims they're going to keep going with the 3DS for a little bit, but I think the Switch could be, is the replacement for the 3DS. I would agree with because that. Because if people are taking the Switch with you, I mean, it's a little bit bigger. I mean, obviously, with the 3DS, you can clamshell it down, but I don't think people care. No, I, I like the larger screen size, mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, and you can play insane games. The 3DS is really starting to look dated, um, just mm -hmm. the graphics. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you play the Switch portably, and then you play the 3DS, it's like, whoa, those pixels. And the fact, too, that you can have multiple people playing mm -hmm. with the Switch, with the two controllers. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big... It, that's a big pull. Yeah, and the Vita, I did not get the Vita until way later, and mm -hmm. there are a lot of great Vita games. It was a system that had so much potential to beat the 3DS, but what killed the Vita, everybody knows it, everybody knows what I'm going to say, what killed the Vita was proprietary memory cards. Mm -hmm. You had to buy their overpriced memory cards from Sony because you couldn't just use any SD card. They had their own proprietary SD card, and they were like 100 bucks for not a lot of space, and I think that's what really, what mm -hmm. really messed them up. So I got one more question okay. to finish this out. So this is from Renee Klain okay. on Discord. So this is from the Game Dave Discord. This is a long one. Oh, wow. Do you think a dot hack sword art 
or Ready Player One type game hmm. will ever be created in VR. Hmm. One where people can live, work, and get hmm. married virtually. If so, what do you think the ramifications of that will be? And would you consider people who live in that world social or antisocial? Wow. Social because seeing as how they are technically interacting with thousands of people. Mm-hmm. But antisocial because they're only interacting via avatars, pseudonyms, and personas. Good Lord, that question. Well, Intense question from that an That was claim. deep. Yeah, so Very have you deep. played any of those? Well, Ready Player One, of course, we right. know what that is. Right. But Dot Hack or Sword Art Online, have you played those? No, no, no. So, yeah, I mean, just think a massively multiplayer right. sort of experience. What, I mean, do you think we're going to get a game like that? Like an MMO that's VR? Yes. If VR it's has mainstream the life. Right. Yeah. If it's got to have a lot of player base right, to get right. that. Which I, I, I see it. I, I see. The potential there, but mm-hmm. it's got to last long enough to get there. Yeah, because think about how long World of Warcraft existed, like, and that in VR. Exactly. And the amount of what I'm almost thinking is the hours that people will spend mm-hmm. in a game universe like that. Mm-hmm. How we talked about vision earlier. How's your vision going to hold up? Right. Playing for eight hours straight. Right. I played World of Warcraft early on. Uh, my friends were all playing it, and they're like, "Come on, you got to play." And I was like, "I don't know if I have time." And I got sucked in, and it was bad, and I had to cut it off. Yep. Because, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I would start playing. Like I was like, oh, "I'll play a little World of Warcraft, and I'll get some lunch." So I started like <laughs> nine, nine o'clock, start nine o'clock uh, in the morning, and then I checked the clock, and it was three in the morning. Like I didn't eat. I just was, I got so sucked into it that I just kept going and going. And how slowly you build up, Mm -hmm. it just, you have to do so many hours to build up. And I'm like, imagine if that was in VR. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I play VR, I prefer to stand, even if it's a game that they recommend you sit. I just like to stand because I feel like I just can move. I'm not locked into a chair. Right. I'm going to stand for 16 hours and I'd be, you'd find me. I'd be in the paper. Right. (laughs) I'd be in the paper. So. Yeah, I, yeah, it's tricky. I think it'll happen, though. Uh, yeah, I, I do, too. I do, too. But in order to do that, not only... I say it's got to be around long enough, and part of that is it is the technology has to overcome a lot of those hurdles that we talked about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sort I, of, even it's just the lighter headset yeah, you're going to need to Yeah, everything's got to come together. Yeah. So the other part of the question... Would you consider people who live in that world social or antisocial? Social because of the thousands mm-hmm. of people they're interacting with online. Right. But they're not. It's funny because a lot of these concepts, as we've seen recently in society, a lot of these concepts are changing and morphing over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what does it mean to be social? Mm, that's true because social society right. has changed right. a lot. Um, I think so. I really do. You know, a, a lot of people, they have a lot of friendships that are just online or social media or, or whatever. Um, I you think th- that's healthy? Dr. Gerald? <laughs> <laughs> Is that healthy? You know, I think if it meets a person's need for socialization, hmm. then I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I don't think it's an unhealthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a story a little while ago where um, someone was getting married and all of his best men were people that he had only interacted with. I think they were playing um, online together, mm-hmm. you know, uh, either on the PlayStation Network or Xbox Live or whatever. Did they come physically? They though, came the- physically to the wedding, but that was the first time they'd all met in person, in person, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing. That's pretty, though, I mean, the good thing is now with video chatting and mm-hmm. Skype and Discord, like they probably had seen each other. Maybe, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If, if they only interacted in the game, they may right, not have. exactly. Because that's interesting. Like if you play, like the little I have played MMOs, mm-hmm. yeah, like you kind of, when you play with somebody regularly and you befriend them, and there were some people I befriended um, just online gaming, yeah, you kind of get it in your head what that person is. Right. And then when you meet them in person, I feel like you're going to be, I mean, maybe people represent themselves very well online. And it's like, oh, no, you, what you what you play with is what you get. Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. For me, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, 
I totally think that yeah, if you if that's if it's healthy for you and you're not being a wacko, right? I think it's fine. But I th- I think you you have to have both. You know, mm-hmm. for it, uh, Doctor Game Dave would say to be healthy. Right. I think you you have to have some interaction in in person mm-hmm. because it really is different. Like when I talk to somebody on Skype and then I talk to that same person in person, mm-hmm. same person in person, like uh, Corey and Try from My Life in Gaming, good buddies, friends of the show. Uh, we go to conventions together. Um, you know, I met them online. We talked a lot, a lot of Skype conversations with mm-hmm. them over the years. Um, and then when they come over and hang out, it's a little bit, it's, it's same, but different. Mm-hmm. And I think our conversations online changed after the first time we met in person. Hmm. I don't know if they would agree with that. Let me know in the comments, boys. But I, I think it changes the way you interact after that first in-person meeting. But who knows? It's probably different for everybody. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So that does it for the first show Whoa. of Digitally Distracted. Where did the time go? Uh, I don't know, but it went quick. It did. Um, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to have you as my, what did I say, second banana. Second banana. My second banana. That's, yeah, yep, still sounds weird. <laughs> but if there's a topic you want to see on Digitally Distracted, there's a couple ways you can do it. Maybe you want to uh, ask a Q&A question. Maybe you want to suggest a topic for a whole show. I'm sure you could. Here's how you can do it. You can use the hashtag digitally distracted on Twitter. Okay, that way I can see it, see your topics, see your questions. Or you can join the Discord server. Links will be in the description. If you want to join the Game Dave Discord, I'll have a, a digitally distracted show channel set up just for questions and topics and discussion about the show. And the third way, and one of the most helpful ways, is to become a supporter on Patreon because Patreon is the reason this show happened. So if you want to support, Go ahead and do it because the patrons knew about this show months ago. And you might just be hearing about it now. And they, they got the deets. They kind of helped me figure out where to push the show and how to put it together. And if you want to be a part of that, if that's something you are interested in, support the show on Patreon. But until then, I'm Game Dave. I'm Gerald. And we'll see you on the next show.